Hello, and welcome to The Shakedown, where we talk about the criminal justice system from the inside out. I am Ryan Forbes, a.k.a. Rainy, a.k.a. Rainforest. I am a writer, uh, an ex-con, and comic book publisher, as well as a restorative justice activist. And I am here with Malone, who has informed me that he is a backyard prize fighter and orangutan enthusiast. Hello, Malone. Hey, uh, I'm Malone, and I'm also an ex-con. I'm an artist, writer, and uh, as you've heard here, a backyard prize fighter. Grand champion backyard prize fighter, by the way. Nice. Very nice. And the orangutans, that's just like a, that's just a hobby. Sounds about right. Well, today, today, you know, each episode we usually have a question that we go over, and we have a couple questions. But first, uh, I actually had a... I actually do have a question. I have a question, Randy. What did you do this weekend? (laughs) And there's the question. So uh, this weekend, I actually uh, spent uh, twenty, well, a little over twenty-four hours in jail, and uh, in in Texas, you know, our favorite place. So, um, yeah. So basically, as part of why did you have to go to jail? Did you get arrested for something? I did not get arrested. Uh, as what have you been doing, <laughs> Rainy? As part, what have you been up to? as part of my, Come clean. tell the people <laughs> what are you do, what you're doing here. As part of my sentence, uh, I have to spend a day in jail uh, every year, as in you know, in remembrance of my victim, as the judge has said. And so I am supposed to. Uh, I have to, according to the terms, it has to be the same county which I was arrested in, um, go down to that jail, even though I do not live in that state anymore. I have to go down to that jail uh, at a certain time, uh, check myself in, and uh, basically just sit there for 24 hours and then uh, hope they let me out which they really did not want to let me out uh, this time around. So, um, Oh yeah. They're, they're going to hold on to you. Yeah. They wanted to, they you know what you did. You know what you did. You just, you're, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So each year I have to, um, this is the second time I've had to do this, but since this is my, um, I've just finished my first yeah. year out. And, um, since the second time it honest, this, the first year was, you know, no fun, but it, honestly last year was a lot easier than this one. Um, in part because just trying to, I mean, just trying to make travel arrangements was, um, a crazy mess. Um, because the, so you're required to fly all the way down to Texas or to at least pro- procure your own travel from wherever you may be staying. Right. So I, to this, to this County. Right. So for those who don't know, I, you know, so, um, I just got on parole last year and, uh, and so I'm still on parole and as well, I am on probation and I have this commitment that I have to do. So, and I'm on parole and probation in Colorado, not in Texas. 
So for me to go to Texas, I have to get permission from Colorado and uh, from from Colorado from my parole officer and my probation officer to come to Texas and and come and do this. So I have to get the permission to come out here, come out to Texas and to go do that. And then when, and, and so I have to do there and there, there's not a whole lot of coordination between it. They don't, no one really cares if I fly or drive or whatever. I just need to get down there. Flying is the easiest because it's not, you know, I can't, Right now, I don't have a driver's license, so I don't drive anywhere. Uh, and I can't. And finding someone to drive me from Colorado to uh, to Plano or to McKinney, Texas, um, I can only imagine how much that Uber is going to cost me. Or uh, I can only imagine how many days that uh, bus ride is going to take. Though I could get a lot of work done on that bus, I imagine. Um. So I don't think so. <laughs> that's pretty. That sounds pretty uncomfortable to me. That's true. Uh, it's yeah, but um, yeah. And speaking of uncomfortable, so you, so I get to. For those of you who don't know how jail works, when you go to jail, you basically have to go through booking, and then once you go through booking, then they send you up to a cell. Cell. So it's not like you immediately go to a. You know, you're Im- immediately issued a jumpsuit. And then you get up to a cell and you're in the jail. No, you get into the jail and then you, there's a booking area and you're usually in like in Collin County, everyone's still wearing their clothes those that they normally wear or whatever they were wearing when they got arrested or whatever clothes, um, you know, whatever scrubs the hospital let them have after they had to be cut out of whatever clothes, you know, they were they were in when they got arrested or whatever. And um, you basically, you, you sit in this holding area and there's, and there's a, um, sorry, hold on alone. So in booking, you don't just get issued your clothes and your jumpsuit. You have to sit down there in the, in the holding area and wait until you can get up to the what cells. What is this holding area? Is this holding area thing like a common area? That, are there many inmates being held there in that area, or is it like a single cell area or what? So in this holding area, each jail is going to be different. In Collin County, this holding area is actually basically 60 chairs that are divided into two groups of 30. One set of 30 is facing one wall. Another set of 30 is facing another wall. And one set of 30 is for females and the other set of 30 is for males. And we are facing away from each other. And basically though that's taking up like that's taking up half the room. The other half of the room is a desk where there's a bunch of officers running around. They're just running around from spot to spot and they're doing shuffling around paperwork and everything. And if they look over and they see one of the guys checking out one of the, female email, you know, females across the room, then they'll start yelling and, and start saying how they're, you're holding up their paperwork and that if you want to get booked and get up to the cells, which I will explain why you want to get up to the cells, um, then you need to 
you know, you need to act right. You need to behave, be well behaved and you need to not bother the officers, which they will repeat several times. So, um, basically the reason you want to get up to the cells, the reason you want to get up there is because you, that's all there is. There's a, there's chairs and that's it. And you can't, uh, toilet. there is a, there's a bathroom. Okay. There is a bathroom in there and there's a water fountain. Okay. And that you, you can have access to, you have fresh, I'm sure COVID free access to, I say that totally sarcastically. Um, there is one, um, so I was part of, I have a year, it's called a yearly commitment is what this is called. Um, a lot of people, yearly commitment. yes, a lot of people who do this, they are called, um, weekenders because they have weekend commitments. They have to come in for 72 hours on the weekend to do their jail time. So they are supposed to work during the week and then come into jail on the weekends and I just so happened to be coming in on a Friday night um, when the weekenders um, are start their their weekend trip, you know, at the jail. So I kind of got lumped in with them. Yeah. So basically, you come in, and they they since if you're for us, we're not we're we don't have enough time to go anywhere. So they're not going to book us into the cells because it's going to take too long. It usually takes about 24 hours before you get booked into a cell anyway. Um, for most people, I'm watching people in this process and it takes between 12 and 24 hours to get moved from the holding area to the cells. And the reason you want to get up into the cells, people sit in 20, people sit in those chairs for 24 hours straight. People sit in those chairs for 72 hours straight. The weekenders don't go really? upstairs. And even... You don't, oh, so y'all sit in the holding area for the whole entire time you're there? Yeah, we sit in the holding area for the entire time. Yeah, that's why you want to go up to the cells is so you can have a bed. But weekenders and commitments like me, we don't go upstairs. We don't go to the cells. We just sit in the chairs the entire time. Now, eventually at night during the night shift during the night from the 5:30 p.m. to 5:30 a.m., you are allowed to lie in the there they open up two holding cells, which is basically these two um I don't know. I I don't I can't say how big they are. They're probably about um like 10 by 20s or something like that. They're not they're very they're not very big. They, some units, they would be like single man cells pretty much, but they've got concrete, basically concrete, um, benches built into the side of the walls on each side. So you can lie on the concrete bench or on the floor. Now <laughs> these holding cells are also where they feed everybody. So they move everyone into the cells. So these holding cells are pretty disgusting most of the time. And there's usually sounds pretty disgusting. Yeah. Like, like I was, um, during one of the meals, I kind of was like pacing around because I'd been, you know, I'd been sitting for 20 hours at that point and I was pacing around the holding cell and my feet were like squeaking because what was happening is guys were holding up their, 
they weren't using trays. They were using foam, uh, foam packaging like you would get from like a fast food restaurant or something. And they were using foam packaging to package their meals and guys were holding them sideways. So any liquid that was inside, inside that was dumping all over the floor. And Oh yeah, that sounds good. It, it was great. It was all over the floor. This floor that guys had just been sleeping on. And um yeah. It was and like my feet were like squeaking because it was all this all this sticky stuff was all over the store floor. So um Ugh. yeah. Yeah. So uh that is that's what you where you're spending your twenty four hours. And like I said, you're in the holding cell for meals. You can go in there to lie down at night. You cannot lie down during the day. So you're in that chair pretty much the entire day. If you stand up to stretch or whatever, unless you're going to the bathroom, you will you you can get in trouble or whatever. They're going to yell at you. The officers at the bench are going to yell at you. And um, the perfect example is what I saw at the beginning of the night. There are two women who were clearly coming down from something, um, some substance, and they they were loud and they were upset. And uh, to their credit, the officers were not listening to them. They had and um, and you know in part, and I can say in part because they were being loud and upset and were clearly coming down from something, but they that was their point is the officers weren't listening to them. And so what one officer did was he started shouting and he basically said, look, I'm going to, um, th- he started his statement with, this is what you're going to do, which that was an immediate, that just sent an immediate message to the women right there. So those two women who were already, he knew were already acting out. They immediately were going to, responded and just said, we're not, you know, you're not the boss of us. You don't have, we we don't have to do anything. And he's like, Hey, if you talk up again, I'm going to lock all of you up. And of course they talk up again. It took about two seconds and they started talking up again. And so they rounded up all of the women and took them to another, like a holding cell way down the hall and took them there. Well, to get processed, a lot of the you have to go through and go through health and stuff like that, and they'll um, they'll kind of they'll have questions for you. They have fingerprints, and they'll call the women out one by one. Well, wasn't that a superior situation than sitting in those and sitting in those chairs in that holding area? Isn't that what you said? Everybody was wanting was trying to get put in the cells. They wanted to go into the cells. The holding area is in the cell. Cell is you get your. You get either your own cell or you get your a cell with a celly. Like with, with your bu- own bunk, you have your own bunk that you can sleep in. That you can go. Didn't those girls? Didn't you just say those girls got locked up in cells? No, they got up locked up in a separate holding area. I don't even know. I've never been in this holding area that they got locked up in. I've never even seen. Oh, it. there's more than one holding area. Yeah. So I I didn't You're going know. to the other holding area that's even. Uh, where the chairs are even more uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, this was like the this was the punishment holding area. So it was uh, the the holding These area. Chairs don't have backs, <laughs> right? There's just stools you have to sit on now. They can get worse from there, right? 
So <laughs> they they sent them in there, and then they're still calling them out one by one. And as they're calling them out one by one, um, the women who get called out go sit down back into the holding area with us because they want to sit in the chairs and watch TV because at least they have a TV. Oh, there's, whole, a, no, there's a TV in this, in this holding area. Yeah. The TV that we're in, that's what we're facing. We're all facing a, uh, each group is setting is, uh, is like facing different sets of TVs. So there's a, okay. there's a small TV where we can actually watch TV. And then there's a big TV that has prison rules on it, which is actually pretty, uh, get that one. I'll get into in a little bit, but yeah, that sounds kind of 1984 there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't, the best part is you can't even follow the prison rules yet because you're not, the prison rules are for people who are in the cell blocks and we're not in the cell blocks yet. So <laughs> they don't even apply to you. Right. So we go to, um, we, so these women, some of the, like the women who mouthed off, they're already sitting back in the chairs. But, um, at one point an officer goes and grabs the women like four hours later and pulls them and brings the, the rest back in. I didn't even realize that they were still gone. I thought they had all been brought back because I saw them watching the TV and the two women saw them watching the TV. Yeah. They're like I said, there was, they had been, some of them had been trickling back in. So I figured the ones that were coming right. back were already back. They, and then I realized, no, they've been sitting in that holding area for the, for four hours. Wow. And the women who, who caused it, they're watching the TV already. They've been watching TV. <laughs> so, so that, yeah. So that punishment, that that's basically what, um, you had to deal with, uh, that at, at the jail. Like that's basically what it is for, to have a commitment is sitting there and, and doing that. And honestly, I didn't like for me, I'm happy to not to not go to the cells because to go to the cells to get up there you have to strip down, shower, get issued the clothes, get rid of your check in your old clothes, um get uh you know, your so basically everything gets taken away from you. You have to shower in the gross showers there and then put on um, when I was there, you got issued a jumper and that was it. So no boxers, you had to purchase boxers and to, and so you're wearing a jumper that's been worn by however many people before you. And, and it's, uh, there's nothing in between you and that jumper. <laughs> and there's nothing in between you and that jumper. Huh? And, and uh, also if, for those of you who've never worn a jumper before, and I, I actually, I explained this to some of the, some of the women were joking. They're like, uh, they're like, man, I was really looking forward to getting one of those jumpers. I was like, um, those jumpers are really hard to use when you have to sit on a toilet. Like they are not designed for that. I mean, honestly, even uh, I'm, 
even if the if the jumpers buttons are in the wrong spot it's even any sort of toilet use is difficult but yeah jumpers are not designed for going to the bathroom and they get gross real quick yeah oh that sounds pretty gross yeah jails are generally gross or are pretty much gross in general i don't know about well i don't know all the the I don't have a lot of jail experience. I mean, I, I, I did stay in one county jail in the early 90s for two years uh, almost uh, before I went to prison. And that jail was gross as all get out. But that jail doesn't even exist anymore. That, that jail was on its way out whenever I was in there. They were already building a new jail. But uh, I mean, I'm sure that in some wealthy counties in this country, they have very nice jails that are clean and 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 so forth. But in Texas, for the most part, jails are pretty pretty horrible. They're filled with inmates that aren't going to be there for very long, and that situation lends itself to no one caring about the situation like um, about the uh, about the conditions of the jail because inmate labor of course is how jails get cleaned and how the clothes get cleaned and how the food gets cooked and in prison you have people that are making their lives in prison and so they have there's a tendency to at least some extent the prison janitors and the prison laundry and the prison uh the prison cooks take some degree of put some degree of effort and care into their into into the job that they have because i mean it improves the overall conditions of where they're living no one wants to to live for you know in in that situation like you're describing where there's food on the floor and all that for any extended period of time but if you have the attitude well i'm going to be out of here in just in in just a few hours anyways well then no one will care and so that just compounds the nastiness of places like that Right. Yeah, that's in a prison you're taking care of where you live. In a jail, you are you're really trying to either you're trying to get some something out of it. Like you're you're trying the people who work there, they're either one, they're trying to like get extra portions, get extra food for themselves. They're not really trying to get better the food overall for everybody involved. May in part because it's not gonna happen. They, they're for whatever reason, they've got a certain budget or whatever. They're not trying to cook good, good, big meals. They're just trying to uh, put out whatever they can. Uh, the other thing is that they're that like the workers there are, they're, they're usually working either because they're just trying to take care of the time that they have or because it earns them some favor, like it looks good for when they go up in front of the judge next next time, saying, "Hey, I worked the whole time and I did all did this." Oh, so they're not working. Uh, the inmates that are working in there aren't like trustee status guys or somebody that's already had a that, that, that has got a a, uh, a jail sentence, like you know, a misdemeanor jail sentence. They might. Some of them. A lot of them. In- a lot of them might be. They might be ones that have trustee sentence. Um. You might be right. They might already have, but even the ones that already have sentences, like when I was coming up for my case, there was people who, there was a guy who had a sentence and basically he could have gotten 
a month off of his sentence. Like, basically, it was up to the judge when his sentence ended. So he was going up in front of the judge. He's saying, hey, look, um, I've been to church, and, you know, I, you know, I've been doing – I." been going to church all the time and I really think I can make parole. And he's like, you, the judge came right back to him and said, you haven't been doing anything. You haven't worked. Um, like you may have gone to church. I don't know. I can't tell if you have or not. Um, and that was something we talked about before is like, no one's really recording any of that. That's like you, it's like, you haven't shown me that you're actually doing anything. So, in that so, he, so because he couldn't prove that he went to church he didn't care about that it was the right all he cared about was what was whether he was working or not right it was whether he was actually doing it like so, something he could see so if and if he did he could get 30 days off of his jail sentence and that's uh, that sure. and that's why he was going up in front of the judge because he i mean he had a short one anyway so right that's not i mean yeah. For us, for prison sentence, 30 days is not a huge amount off of our sentence, but for for jail sentence, that's a can be a huge chunk of time off of a sentence. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so yes. When you were sentenced, you were sentenced not only to a prison sentence, you were also sentenced to a probationary to to probation and jail. I mean, excuse me, to probation and prison. And so you are you starting your probation now that you right as you made parole and got out or did your probation start along with your prison sentence have you been on probation the whole entire time that you've been in prison from it sounds like the probation starts started when I got out so really so you just now started your probation right well, you haven't completed your your prison sentence yet, though. So why would your probation start now? Um, as the a role is still right. It's a under, the, under a condition upon my release. That was a thing that I was looking at. That's why this thing is they're they're listed as conditions upon my release. Is how they're listed. Okay, which is it's weird. All right, yeah. So, so your ten years and your ten year probationary period just started a year or so two years ago, right? Or, a year ago, yeah, about about a year and a half ago. Just no, like just over a year because it was March when I got out last year. Okay, so okay, all right. March of last year is when you got out. March first. Are you sure? Positive. God, you think I would forget that? March of two thousand twenty-one. March two thousand twenty-one. Wow, that does not seem right. Why does that not seem right? How did you? Uh, I don't know. I just felt like you got out of prison. Uh, I felt like you got out of prison like six months before I did, or something. But I, I, apparently, we got out that very in very close proximity to one another because I got out on April twenty first. Yeah, that sounds about right. Two thousand twenty one. I think, and that's the funny part. You you made parole like I think six months later, but like yeah, we got you got out. My my parole got delayed so many times that yeah we got out about the same time. Yeah, oh that is that is that is interesting. 
All right. So now you have nine more years of probation to do, which is nine more trips to jail. So no, part of your just, pro- is this part of your probation or is this just a, an, a, something tacked on to your Senate? This is supposed to be part of my probation. It's supposed to be part of that, that probation. And it's listed as a condition upon release. But I'm honestly, and if anyone listening is a lawyer in Texas and can help me out, I'm trying to figure it out because it's really weird. No one really understands it. And I'm trying to get clarification on it. One of the big reasons is because, so of what happened to me at the end of the trip, um, the big part of it was that at the end of the trip, like they tried to keep me longer. And this is scary for a bunch of reasons. Not only does it suck um, to, you know, stay in any longer than you have to, but the other part is, is that, um, like, you know, my, like I said, I don't live in Texas. My parole and probation are in Colorado. So I'm responsible to Colorado. So if I'm stuck in jail in Texas, if they decide to just keep me there longer and I miss my flight back to Colorado, that's on me. That's not on Texas. That's on me. But them messing around with the, but if a, if an officer decides to, you know, or if the officers decide they don't want to let me go, you know, then it's really hard to figure that out. And it's hard, already hard enough to plan this trip because, um, there's only certain flights I can catch at, you know, at f- when trying to get this day in. And also trying to f- so figure you're, out. you have to catch a flight first and foremost, which is which is expensive and and onerous, of course. So you have to if you are working, you have to take a day off of work or take time off of work to to make this happen. And you have to make arrangements. I'm assuming with uh, with with the people you're staying around uh, to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of at your apartment or room. Right. And so how many days does this take altogether for you? What, what does a round trip normally consist of? The round trip is at least three days normally, just so I can one, one is to get the, like is trying to get there on time and is trying to like, so the, the, the 24 hours. So it's that that's two days right there because I have to get there on one day and I'm going to leave the net. If, if I, if at earliest I'm going to leave the next, the first time I did this, I did catch a flight after the, um, after getting out, I was able to get on, get there and just barely make the flight. Um, this, this time, if that were, I wouldn't have made the flight. I was glad I didn't book a flight that night because I wouldn't have made it because they were holding me. And, Oh, so you had to book a flight after you got out. Well, I had the, well, the good news is I booked a flight the next, the next morning, uh, mainly, mainly because I was worried of exactly like something like this happening, that, that it was something turning into a pretty expensive trip. Right. I had to book two hotels. You have to make arrangements or you had to stay in the, so I was going to ask that That's the <laughs> next, my next question you had to make arrangements to stay somewhere in texas too right right so you uh, so i'm staying in somewhere the night before i'm staying somewhere the night after i'm 
someone, fortunately, my friends, my friends and family are there to come and take me around, but they're paying like my, my uncle came in from Houston to, to drive me around. So, I mean, he's, he's making a giant trek himself. And I mean, one nice thing is the, a big part of the reason I did came in so early was to try and, you know, see my family up there and see some friends up there before going in. But it's, uh, I definitely would not have done it at this time of year. And especially since it's Passover and Jews aren't supposed to be flying around on planes or traveling anywhere really. But so this was also, this was also a, a, you had to violate your religion, so this was also a violation of your religious freedoms, <laughs> forcing you to do, to do this. Did you bring this up to them at all? Was this ever mentioned to them that, that, that this is going I, on on Passover? Did. did you? I brought this up before. This is the one of the first things I brought up, and that's why I even looked at the the papers because I told them I said this is on. You understand this is on Passover, and it's like, and I told them like you wouldn't have to change it that bit. It's right at the end. So if you changed it to 5.30 a.m. the next day, it wouldn't be on Passover anymore. But that they said they couldn't do it. Wow. Yeah. Couldn't do it, huh? Yeah, couldn't do it. Can't, can't be altered. Can't, cannot. Says that's what the judge wrote, which is, that's another thing. The judge was very clear about the sentence. He said April 22nd on the um, every year. But then there's this whole thing about 5.30 p.m. That judge did not say anything about any 5.30 p.m. I can't imagine the judge saying anything about any 5.30 p.m. They were very adamant about 5.30 p.m. So. Wow. Um, I, they said, I can't change it. Just what the judge said. So all of this go, goes in there goes in with that so if anyone knows any lawyers that could maybe tell me how this works or what's going on with that or how i can uh at the very least get it transferred to colorado which would be amazing that, that i'm honestly that would, on its own would be so much better just not have to do it just if it was up in boulder county as opposed to collin county um yeah that's 24 hours yeah, that, that is the craziest thing about this whole thing is the, the having the, the that is makes this i mean it just makes it so uh, uh beyond the pale of anything i can imagine you're not wealthy are you uh brain force <laughs> no no this is for those of you who so don't know no, you don't. take the amount of money right you don't happen to own your own radio station or anything do you that'd be great no but this uh no i'm here at uh, Longmont Public Media recording this podcast and doing this and selling comics and um, not from not because I own a comic book company not because I'm uh, uh, I'm Jim Lee in disguise uh, running you know running DC or or uh, you know or some executive at Disney who runs Marvel I am you know just some guy <laughs> trying you know working with my buddy here to uh, self-publish comics. So no, I don't have a whole lot of money to go run around and do this 
to uh, make sudden special trips to Collin County, Texas. So what would happen if? So what would happen if you just didn't have the money to, to make it down here in Texas? Probably count as violation, and violation would, um, yeah, they could. Then I'd have to go. Then I'd have to deal with court in Collin County, and if I miss court, there'd be a warrant, and then. Probably. So there'd be a warrant issued for your arrest if you just didn't have the money to do this. Right. That sounds completely reasonable and fair, in my <laughs> opinion. I, I think that yeah. if yeah. you don't have the money to, I mean, what what the what Texas really ought to do, if, if in my opinion, is to start uh, filing the paperwork for the to own all of the oxygen and air that is uh, around us and then charge us money to breathe. And if we don't happen to have the money to breathe, well then, and they have, yet we're still breathing their air. Well, then they could issue a warrant and have us put in jail or put us in at least into a, some kind of a oxygen free tank where we can just, you know, uh, yeah, pass away from lack of lack of having the money to uh, there's indigent oxygen your freedom is being your your freedom being dependent upon the amount of money you have there's something about that that is extremely unsettling but but don't worry governor abbott has said many times that there is no debtors prisons in texas i'm sure he has somewhere (laughs) I'm sure he said that some at some point in time that there's no debtors. Governor prisons. Abbott, Governor Abbott, the lovely person who said we're not going to release anyone from prison during COVID. My best buddy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The shakedown was produced at Longmont Public Media, and our theme song "Shakedown" was brought to you by Envato Elements. If you want any Shakedown merchandise or you want to support the show, you can go to waywordpress.com. That's W-A-Y-W-O-R-D press.com.